And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Boeuf Bourguignon, French beef stew in red wine. We're going to serve it with braised onions and mushrooms and a wine dark sauce. It's a perfectly delicious dish. So we could put in a little more tomato paste or a little more thyme. In this case, we're fortunately find it's just right. Now for the thickening of it. Now we want to get our pan hot and we're going to saute it in this first until it's brown and then we're going to put it in this pot in which we're going to cook it in the oven. Now this is going to go in a 325 oven and it should cook very, very slowly just at the bare simmer. And once it's in, except for checking the oven to make sure that it isn't bubbling and boiling. You don't have to look at it anymore. Then all let the sauce drain out. And then we simply put the stew back into the casserole. There. You want the flavor of the onions and the beef to all blend themselves with the stew. That's going a little too hard, so I'll put it inside. There. In about two or three minutes, if you have it in the icebox, you heat it up very slowly and baste the meat with the sauce. And then, and then you cover it and, and simmer it very slowly for about two or three minutes until everything is tender and hot through. Well, now this is ready to serve. Right now. Hi, this is April Chamberlain, and you're listening to Eat It and Beat It on the Two True Freaks Network. Do you know how many licks it takes to get to the center of my Tootsie Roll Pop? Hello, and welcome to Eat It, one half of a podcast devoted to food. My name is Helmon Drummer, and I'm here with former astronaut Gus Grissel. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, Pleasure uh, to be here. Today's topic, we're going into, I guess, more of the, the junk food, fast food, bar food area. We are covering just one one food item, one specific uh, menu item. What a food item it is, too. And, and uh, for those of you who are in a new realm of sickness and and disgusting pervs you'll you'll realize later on when our uh two brethren who are steaming up the window of the green room as we speak right now why we pick chicken wings it's a greasy pairing yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's very greasy, greasy and t- tasteless yeah yeah but we have you know we know our we know our audience and we have all the faith that that you'll uh that you'll figure out why we did it so chicken wings is uh, is what we're covering today and and I love chicken wings. Uh, what's your take on them? Love hate, love hate relationship. Ooh. I live in I live very close to Ground Zero for chicken wings. Yeah, exactly. Which is Buffalo, uh, New York. Buffalo, Buffalo wings. Buffalo, New York. 
is the home they know people have been i mean gra ground zero for chicken wings is is an actual physical chicken but for for <laughs> buffalo chicken wings yeah it's buffalo new york it's the uh, it's the anchor bar they say that they were born in 1964 although people of course have been eating chicken wings they they've been eating chicken wings in the south as part of fried chicken but it wasn't until uh they decided to to go ahead and put them on the menu at the anchor bar and serve them with celery and blue cheese and they were a hit yep deep fried but them and it, put hot sauce so hot sauce and hot yeah, sauce that, for all of you guys who i don't know what parts of the country you're listening to and what hot sauce is referred to because hot sauce here in 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 my hometown delionates like Frank's Red Hot and ground beef and all sorts of spices cooked to almost a paste and poured over yeah. something. But hot when I say hot sauce, I'm talking like Frank's Red Hot. Like you get them in a big gallon jug and it's just that red cayenne and vinegar liquid. You know, there's yeah. so many variations on it. It has to be Frank's. I, I don't think Tabasco sauce works. It depends on who you, some people like Tabasco sauce, but like, you know, basically Frank's hot sauce was what the anchor yes. bar was like. And that's the, the, the most popular chicken wing place here in Rochester, which I don't think their chicken wings are particularly good, you know, special. That's basically their wing sauce is just Frank's hot sauce. And that is the typical uh, recipe for it. You just fry your peanuts and you add margarine and your your Frank's Red Hot cayenne pepper sauce. Stir it up and give them a quick dunk. And see, they and, wouldn't even do. Uh, they didn't even do margarine. That's the thing. That's but the, the original like that like your basic basic is just red Red Hot and it's evolved into that. You know, it's almost half half. It, it, if you're fancy, it can be butter. But I mean, if you really want to get the authentic taste, you got to get that liquid margarine, that yellow, fake, fake. You yeah, don't want to you know, know the process. That's it's very similar to like an oil refinery. Where... <laughs> One molecule away from plastic. Now you said you had a love-hate relationship. Yeah. I want to get. I want to. I want to hear how you can have a love-hate relationship with, with, with what I think is probably my favorite 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 a uh, bar pub grub snack well let's after. start with love i love how they i love chicken wings they're delicious and since i'm in such a chicken wing centric area there's so many different ways that i can get chicken wings and i i, I at the end at the end of everything i can i'll give my current rest it's not my recipe but the recipe of chicken wings that i'm involved at at the restaurant i'm at but you know, just as far as love hate goes, you know, I, I as a college student, you would order pizza and and often they would have a, a special where you'd get like if you order two pizzas, you'd get a couple dozen wings with it or, you know, they had packages. So we would get so you would just sort of get your basic wings in in wing sauce and buffalo sauce. And it's delicious. It's just delicious. And uh, so, you know, I liked wings. And then, uh, I, as I discovered, there's one place here where whenever I get you up here, that's where we're going to go for the, the pizza, for the Chicago-style pizza. But the, their barbecue wings there with barbecue sauce, they make the chicken wings. They, they deep-fry the chicken wings. Then they put the barbecue sauce on them. Then they put them on a grill to, oh, yeah. to grill the barbecue on them, and those are delicious. Then there's a place called Country Sweet that batters – their chicken they get these giant jumbo 
wings. So the wings and the drums are, are big. They batter them. And then they have a very sort of southern sweet and sour sauce that goes on them. And those are just delicious and heart attack inducing. And then you have every other variation. You know, you know there's every bar has their own their own variation on the sauce and and different sauces like uh, a really popular one here is you take half um half just regular buffalo sauce and you add huge amounts of um chopped garlic and uh parmesan cheese to it that, for gar- that the- sounds great and what you're saying is also one of the problems with currently with chicken wings because they are so popular now that the price of chicken wings has skyrocketed. When I first moved to New York, well, they were junk at first. They used to get yeah, thrown our, away. Exactly. They were they were throwing them away. Our neighborhood pub had ten cent wing night, and being starving people like we were, no money, we would go to the bars and order thirty wings and have some beers, and and we'd have a great time. Well, the the ten cent wing is gone. Because of the popularity of chicken wings, you have places like Buffalo Wild Wings out there, and pizza places that are adding wings to their to their menu, and you're not going to find, you know, the Wing Zone, Wing Stop, Hooters, Papa John's, Domino's. Everyone is offering wings, and that is driving the price of wings up. Where where you're just, I can't see paying. Twelve dollars for basically maybe ten wings, which is well. That's is why there's big. that's why there's a big um, surge in the popularity of. Um, Are you going to say what I think you're going to say? Yeah, the fake the fake wings, the, the boneless, boneless wings. Chicken wings. They're boneless made of mo- made of thigh, mostly you know thigh yeah. thigh meat with a little breast in there, and then usually um, battered. I have never. I have not had them. They're okay. I mean, they're a glorified chicken finger. They're a chicken finger with more flavorful meat than chicken breast in it. I've seen them on the menus. They've tried to push them. But the thing about it is they're still – they're not cheaper than buying – you know, they're not cheaper than buying regular chicken wings. Sometimes they are. Chicken wings are a uniquely American appetizer. They don't – you can't – people in other countries, they don't – you can't – they don't really have chicken wings. It's it's something that we popularized here. Well, well I mean, but, when you get right down, you can make the fake chicken wings that are sort and use use thigh meat, which has more flavor to it and stuff. But the thing about a chicken wing is, you got that meat's cooking right next to a bone, and yeah. that adds a certain kind of flavor to it. And the thing about a chicken wing is, and a lot of people and they don't eat chicken wings, but the the people who are grossed out by meat on a bone. I mean, and there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, and and I mean that's what a, ch- a chicken wing is for all the people who like skin and crunchy and now. right. Yeah. So you know, and 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 when you watch people who like wings eating wings, there's some people they'll just put the whole wing in their mouth and they'll rotate it, and they've got the whole layout of all the bones on it, so they just pull it out stripped, you know. And then there's people who work chicken around wings. it and. And, and all that but you know that's part of the experience is having the bones and the skin and that does not appeal to everybody how about um, you, does it appeal? That, are, you a, are you a bone uh, cleaner oh yeah I don't I, I, I don't I don't do the insert as much and and twist but I yeah I strip it pretty much down to the 
down to the bone. Why why wouldn't you? That's well, you know, we've got friends. Everything of mine. that isn't bone on it is delicious. <laughs> oh. We've got a friend of mine here that we go out for wings once in a while. And he leaves so much meat on that bone that we kid him so much. It just makes us mad. I mean, I'm He's not gonna more about the skin and the sauce, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't want the little the little gristle up front. He doesn't he won't eat it and and I keep telling him, "Man, look at those. Look at those wings. You're leaving half the wing disrespecting on the bone. those chickens." Exactly. <laughs> Where's the love, man? Where is the love? But yeah, the price of chicken wings has skyrocketed over 60% in the past few years and and to the so point when, where when it gets near Super Bowl time it goes way up when the that's when demand goes up and all of a sudden that's when you see a lot of the food distributors going maybe you guys want to do these drummer things they're not oh, really chicken have, wings. Have, you before? have you tried them the fake the bone, yeah the boneless chicken wing oh yeah 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 oh oh yeah we always get around super bowl time you always get samples of them so you you you, you give a big bag full of frozen samples of something into a kitchen at a restaurant we're, we're just like <laughs> all right let's try these out and they're good they're, they're glorified chicken fingers though it's not a chicken wing, you know. It's yeah, some, but the thing is, sometimes there was a, there was a couple years in particular. It hasn't been for a few years. There were a couple years where it was like you couldn't really get wings. You know, you could get a few. You're not going to get enough to fill what you needed because the demand was so high. Plus, they were really expensive. Food prices are just going up in general anyway, like really a lot lately. So, yeah, it, it, the. Um, the days of ten cent wings. That's where we start getting into my hate. <laughs> okay, let, let's hear relationship. the hate. My hate relationship is I worked at a bar, and um, we would have chicken wing special, you know, chicken wing nights and stuff like that. And we had, uh, I think, like four different sauces and stuff. But um, and here's another th another thing about chicken wings at restaurants. Chicken. The, Chicken wings are all not all all chicken wings are not created equal. Um, there Agreed. there are cheaper chicken wings and there are more expensive chicken wings. And the cheaper chicken wings you get, they may not be the freshest chicken wings. When if you're in one of those bars that's doing ten cent chicken wings, if you were there when the chicken wings came in off the truck, you probably wouldn't eat those chicken wings. And I've had to open so many bags of chicken wings that smell like death. But here's the thing. You're going to use those. Here's the thing. And this is the reality of restaurant life. And and I would say the health department would not even have, would, you're not, you know, you're, places aren't going to get shut down over this. Is you open up the, routinely, just for, for years, all the chicken wings I dealt with were the cheapest kind so you open up the bag and it's just like oh the scent of death and that's the the juice the you know the yeah, fluids that, it, that yeah. it's sitting in so you'd have to take them out and rinse them you know completely you would have to you know basically wash them off and then they smelled acceptable but I, I, I gotta tell you, they're kind of yellow in color, you know, which is the sign of a chicken's not as fresh as, as 100% like right off the assembly line, de-assembly line, as it were. De-assembly line. <laughs> and uh, 
but not bad. When they're bad, oh, you know it. Most oh. of the bad wings I've had have come when we ordered pizza or something. By the time they get to where I'm at, you know, they're mushy. And I have a problem. I like hot. Now, I know that, that, that you like spicy, but you're not into excessive heat, you know. But me, I love really, really hot wings. And but I don't like fake hot and fake hot is when somebody whip up a sauce and add this extract of, of chili peppers. Yes. You know, it, 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 I can taste it. It's I like 1 million it. Scoville oil, basically. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, it is capsaicin extract and they'll have a regular sauce and this is our atomic wing sauce. And you know, you can't handle this. And I said, all right, let me try it. Well, I can taste this fake heat that they're throwing in there. And it just, there's no love, man. I mean, I would rather have a good, good spicy wing made with maybe a habanero sauce that that tastes real and not something that tastes chemically, which is the only way I can put some of these these crazy hot sauces. They're capas. They're, they're basically just pure capacin or you know yeah. capacin or whatever. There's, there's no taste. There, there, it's heat for heat's sake, and I can't stand heat for heat's sake. I have to have some type of flavor in there and that's one of my biggest beefs about wings is i'll go somewhere one of your big beefs about chickens yeah my beefs about chickens (laughs) i just can't stand that we should have a whole segment called dario's chicken beefs dario's chicken pretty much that's what a fake chicken wing might be is a chicken beef who knows but i can't stand that well, speaking of flavor, I think that funkiness adds to the appeal of those cheap wings. Now, the, see, the secret with cheap wings is, and, and you notice if you're at a place that has cheap wings, everybody will order them extra well done. You know, they go make yeah. them extra well done. So on wing nights, I would take all these wings and I would pre-fry them to where they were just cooked through. And we would have a big, like, heated holding unit. And we would just stuff it full of like three cases of wings. And then when people started coming in and I know they were going to start ordering wings, I would just start dropping them in the fryer and letting them go. They could go for 20 minutes <laughs> and people so would like them fried. even more. Yeah, they were, they were pre, pre-fried. You could, you could have pre-cooked them in any way. You could have pre-cooked them in an oven too. It, it wouldn't have mattered just... Just cooked enough so the flesh is all cooked on them, so that you you know you could have them. Because everybody was go- is going to order the cheap wings well done. Because if they're not well done, you can taste that funkiness. But well done with the funkiness, sometimes I think that's a a not a bad flavor. It's just like my friend Mike, who who you met when he came down when we saw ELO. He yeah. likes those peanut when you're when you have the bag of peanuts that you have to shell, and then you got that one peanut that's all shriveled and kind of rotten. On the bottom, just, yeah, that's his deal. And he's just like, ooh, ah, 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 mm. <laughs> you know, it's a little, little extra the, funk to it. He goes for the half popped piece of popcorn. Yeah, that one's not quite done. And uh, and so so the cheap cheap wings are kind of kind of gross, you know, for people who are. But then again, I think eating them off the bone like that really sort of uh, um, separates, I guess, I don't want to say the boys from the men, but the squeamish from the non-squeamish. So, and, and plus, even if those wings are a little funky, 
they're getting deep fried so much there's no microorganism that's oh, going to make it gonna... to your belly uh, now are you a, are you a breaded wing guy or a throw them directly into the fryer i like as... both i like both um in the place that i work now we get the expensive wings which are big old size the first thing we do is throw them in the smoker with a in a bath of beer and uh and cook them till they're till they're done in the smoker and then we then we then we uh flour them and then like we flour them you gotta let them sit for a while you gotta let the flour yeah, soak the up flour. the flavor out of the and then uh then we fry them and sauce them and uh, those are delicious but i mean battered wings are just like i can't eat them that often they are that's some decadence man Oh yeah. Now I gotta ask you, how much is, does a plate of those wings cost at your restaurant? Oh geez, I don't know. It's gotta be at least like fifteen bucks. Yeah, that would be that that that'd be about the stand. But you know what? If they're big wings, like you say they are, they're, I have no the, problem. They're the gigantus ones where yeah, you gotta work on the drummer a little bit on them. You know, there's a good amount of meat on. That's the thing. We're a barbecue place, so you're not getting skimpy portions of anything because that's just like it's not like there's no such thing as nouvelle cuisine <laughs> barbecue I've sent, I've sent wings back i've been at hotels where i've ordered chicken wings either because i've gotten in too late and there's nothing else to eat and i order them and they'll send me a plate with just the little wing portion maybe two two little drumettes and a bunch of little wing portions and and i'm looking at it going what is this 16.99 for for you know these 12 wings that they're that they're not even worth it and i and and i'll just send them back i will, I will not pay for bad food anymore i just won't so that's the, that that's my big beef on wings i just they they have the, the wings that you're describing are something that i would definitely definitely want to taste smoked lightly floured barbecued and then you throw a barbecue sauce on them they get they they know that well you could get them with barbecue sauce on them if you want but the stand we we make our own wing our own version of buffalo sauce oh, buffalo. called people's wing sauce and it's 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 a very I don't know the I don't I don't make it but I know it's basically um, a very basic buffalo recipe with um, um, some of our barbecue sauce in there so it's got a sweet edge to it. And it's fairly spicy, but it's not really spicy. For for me, and I don't know about for you, I have to have the celery. Celery. See, sticks. I'm not a celery fan. I love blue cheese. I dunk I dunk my wings in the blue cheese, but I don't I don't touch the celery. I never used to be a celery fan, but I've I've grown accustomed to it over the years in Bloody Marys and in chicken wings and uh, with peanut butter. But for me, I like to have that celery stick there so i can kind of break up so it makes me think i'm eating a freaking vegetable you know right <laughs> right well you're, yeah you're, it's like <laughs> it's like iceberg lettuce so you're re really eating a lot of cellulose and water <laughs> if you put the if you put the celery there it's healthy i mean how could you not how could you not enjoy it it's good for you if you have celery and I it's mean, my it's probably thing. a little roughage for for what you're putting down oh. there that 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 can't hurt but yeah no, I've never no, been spent... a celery fan. The only way I like celery is chopped up in like chicken salad or, you know, it's some sort thing. of salad to add a little crunch, you know, here and there. One of my favorite things to do is is I spend a lot of time in hotels and order chicken wings, put the TV on 
and only in a hotel is it acceptable to just eat chicken wings while you're sitting on the bed and using a hotel towel to wipe your hands. You try and do that at home. And especially me, I've often thought of maybe just once I'll just eat some chicken wings in bed and have my wife come home and say, hey, hon, have a wing and just see the look on her face because that's a line you can't cross unless you're in a hotel. Then it's fine. All rules are out the window in a hotel. You're just reminding me why I am. But why another reason I'm uh, another one of my chicken wing beefs is celery sticks, because working on the prep side of it. Prepping celery sticks is one of the most hated jobs for me in a in a restaurant <laughs> context where you're just like filling fish tubs full of of sliced celery, you know, just thousands and thousands of them in preparation for the night, you know. That's and enough to make anyone hate celery. Keeping them in cold water to keep them ni nice and crisp. Yeah, I don't know how much celery I've diced and sliced in my lifetime. And plus, you know, besides chicken wings, I used to work at a catering place where we would have cheese and, and celery dip trays. So, you know, you would spend a good chunk of every morning just cleaning, chopping. And, and celery is, you got to wash the hell out of celery because celery is filthy. Oh, yeah. I used filthy. to be, I used to work in a, in a, I used to work in a produce department. Yeah, celery would come in filthy down there toward the, it, you'd have to trim it. You'd have to do all kinds of stuff to celery. And we had I a little fish tank at, at work at the at the catering job, and the fish tank was our was our pet it was our pet container, and what we would do the fish tank was sometimes we would catch a mouse and put it in the fish tank and you know nice. take the mouse outside and let it go somewhere, you know a few blocks away, it was rare to catch a mouse but every once in a while I'd catch a mouse and throw it in the fish tank, and at the end of the day we'd take it back to one of our apartments and then just dump it outside somewhere but i take uh, it there was no water in the fish tank no it was just a, it was just a little <laughs> tiny f empty fish tank and uh but most of the time what it would be would be we would see what what kind of insect critters would come out of uh the celery or the the uh romaine lettuce romaine lettuce has a lot of critters in it too you have to wash both of those like crazy just to to use them not to mention all the sand and dirt and you the things we found in celery and and but you would find whole grasshoppers and whole unidentified bugs and then we'd drop them in the fish tank and put like you know a, a recipe book on the top of it and uh you know they would look like they were dead but like probably about 50% of the time you'd leave them in the fish tank and they'd start warming up after not being in in a in a in cooler and they would you'd see a leg start moving and then all of a sudden you look at oh look he's come back to life you know and if it was something we didn't know everybody would be like on the internet or you know trying to identify what it was well i found some type of south american spider one time in a box of bananas when i worked in a produce department at that's a grocery scary store. The, yeah sometimes the stuff that can come off of but especially spiders that can come out of bananas can be uh dangerous yeah well we squished that sucker real quick I have no 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 love for South American spiders, or you know, I, I can deal with spiders, but this was a a creepy looking thing. It wasn't as, as huge. I'm not going to say it was like fist size spider, but it wasn't. It was enough to make you say, "Holy shit!" And and then every time I opened the box of bananas from then <laughs> on, I would kind of look around there before I would start taking them out because you never knew if there was going to be another one of those bastards in there. 
the good thing is in most of those, those cases they've been in like 40 degree temperatures so they're going to be a little slow moving and disoriented but still they're <laughs> they also going to be a little pissed off too <laughs> oh i'd be pissed absolutely yeah. i would be pissed and 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 i don't know how i'd feel about being thrown in the fish tank for a while but I, I guess if you were going to let let them go somewhere in a field, yeah, it was later. their it was their second lease on life. They all ended up getting tossed in a field or outside or whatever for the most part. Oh man, chicken wings. <laughs> Hate them. Chicken wings eventually led to a conversation on vermin, though, so which is about yeah. right. On, on on vermin, you know, and and spiders the size of your fist. Yeah, so I, I mean, my associations with chicken wings are span the spectrum, you know. I mean, nothing is worse than, you know, somebody that you work with doesn't know the FIFO rule, first in, first out, <laughs> you know. And uh, you got one bag of chicken wings that keeps getting rotated to the back, and, you know, all of a sudden it's two weeks out of date, and you open it up, and, you know for the, the rest of the day, you're just like, you know, the you're not going to eat for the rest of the day, at, le- at the very least. Rotation when you when you work in the restaurant business and some parts in the grocery business as well. You definitely have to do that. So you're, you're going to, uh, did you give your recipe for, for your favorite type of chicken wing? Uh, well, that was, that I was, that was sort of the description of my, what, how my restaurant does it. I mean, my favorite type of chicken wing is a, is a nice, juicy, well done in a, in a, um, I, I don't know. I think my, actually my favorite chicken wing are those barbecued ones that are thrown on the grill because they have that caramelized you know, deep red. It's a different barbecue sauce than say we have at our restaurant. It's a more of a traditional, you know, just red, generic, sticky, gummy barbecue sauce. Yeah. But that stuff, when you put it on a charcoal grill and you get those black grill marks on it, oh boy, it takes on a whole new flavor, you know? So yeah, they're, they're delicious. And they hold up well when you order them from the place and they deliver to you. Most, if I'm going to eat wings, I want to eat them at the place fresh because if they put them in a box and they ship them to your house yep. they sit in the box and they lose all their they reabsorb you, the steam and you actually tried my my favorite uh chicken wings when when uh you were down were delicious yeah we we uh deep fry them a little flour and then we throw a little mixture of some oyster sauce a little a little um, white pepper a little bit of soy sauce and uh, kind of a little more oil and, and fry them again with that sauce on them and then throw a little bit of fresh cut scallions on top of them and uh, ginger delicious. and garlic. Yeah, and there, there you go. That, that's my favorite way to eat them when I, if I, but it, you know, it's work. But sometimes uh, just deep frying them with that little bit of uh, Frank's red hot and margarine is the way to go too. And no, any chicken wing is better than no chicken wings. Well, if you're serving if you're serving a whole mass full of rooms of people watching TV or football or something like that, that's the way to go, you know. Absolutely. Maybe that's what we should do sometime. Have just make up about half a dozen chicken wing sauces and have a chicken wing fest. Well, we're already planning our next uh, road trip out here to New York, and uh, that might be something we can look into. I know, almost like eight months in advance. <laughs> Which might be the, the time that this podcast comes out. Who knows? 
it might be even closer. Yeah, it might. It might actually. Actually, we're not as far as ahead as we used to be, Dario. <laughs> I know. Recording we took, took a nice long break. We're gonna have but, to do like what we did before and and start recording. You know, every week. It's not like we don't have any ideas because mm-hmm. we sure. Do. No, I think I already came up with the idea for that we could do next time anyway. At least for, at least for the other half of the show. Yeah, uh, speaking of which, those guys are, are tapping on the door. To, uh, I think it's right about time to, to head over and uh, to see what we've what yeah, what, I, what I, our pairing is tonight. I, I just I, I almost don't want to let them in. I I, I really almost don't. But but uh, I guess you have to take uh, being the uh, voyeurs that we are. <sighs> they say they've got a warrant. People. Yeah, <laughs> they're holding it up against the glass right now. They're holding something up against the glass. And, and and it might be a comic book actually <laughs> I don't know but they say it's a warrant the stuff that that we bring you when we uh, bring you the quality entertainment that we do here on eat it and beat it I guess it's that time to bid adieu we'll be right back or they'll be right back after this this is the story of my family that's me I'm Scott There's Chris, my wonderful co-host. And our children, Josh, Jaina, John David, Jill, Jessa, Giuseppe, Ganymede, Jello, Guadalupe, Gallagher, Gomer, Goober, SpongeBob, Shenandoah, Toomer, Tupac, San Francisco, Betty Joe, Betty Lou, Betty Sue, Billy Jean, Billy Joe, Bobby Joe, Bobby Sue, Bobby Jean, Bobby Joe, Optimus Prime, Yahoo, Condoleezza Couscous, Cosmo, Dr. No, Shaniqua, Adolf, Cletus, Festus, Bocephus, Coolidge, Cooter, Del Monte, Enos, Eros, Beavis, Hemi, Harley Davidson, Mork, Socrates, Domino, and Strawberry Daiquiri. If you lost count, that's 17 in all. Plus, we just won another three on eBay. We're not a typical family. In fact, you might say we're goddamn freaks. The children run naked, filthy, barefoot, and hungry while we mostly watch TV or surf the internet. As for school, we'll occasionally read to them from Who's Who or the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. To make ends meet, we've taught the children to shoplift. Plus, we sell tickets so that folks can stare at them on the weekends. And even though we haven't any parental qualifications, sense of responsibility, or formal education, somehow we make it all work out. We're Two True Freaks and Counting. Hello and welcome to Beat It, a podcast about pornography. I am Bob Matt. And I am here with Darcy Blows. Ahoy there! <laughs> ahoy. Um, <laughs> oh, aho there, well, ladies. We, we've got quite a topic for tonight. We've uh, yeah, we do. It's it's a topic that 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 uh, it's high time that we that we brought up. Got a uh, leg up on. It, ooh, ooh, ouch, ouch, ouch! I hope I didn't draw the short end of the stick on this one, but. We we are going to have a conversation about two. Uh, how would you what would you call their 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 genre? 
would you call it fetish porn? Would you call it? Well, fetish porn is like, I, I mean, a lot of what they did, probably more so one of them, fall under fetish porn. But I don't know. When I was doing, when I was going onto the porn sites, <laughs> I was, I, and, and trying to find other, you know, material. <clears throat> I was I was using the code words handicapped um, and disabled. <laughs> the, the, um, when searching a porn site, whether the term is politically correct or not, you know, is uh, often not you know a factor in it. But yeah. I, but I found that that the word cripple and crippled. <laughs> Are, are are not really used. Yeah, no, maybe no, if it, no. if the if we were in the seventies or something, it would be like cripple porn or something like that. But I would say this would be like disabled porn, disabled fetish porn. Yeah, we're not. It also needs to be said that we're not coming out here to make fun of of these two because girls got to eat. You know, they and we're not here to make fun of, of disabled people. Got to fuck, people. man. Yeah, and, and you know what? That I think that. That's where people don't think about the fact that if someone, you know, is is disabled, they have the same needs and desires that, that we do. They're going to have sex. They're going to it, it, it doesn't change because because, you know, they have a disability. But we're going to look at two uh, stars today uh, that found their niche and rode that wagon as, as one of them probably still is and one of them isn't. And uh Basically, we decided that, that, that they may be two sides of the same coin. We are looking today at Long Jean Silver and Bridget the Midget. Also so, known as Bridget Powers. Bridget Powers, yeah. With either an S or a Z. I yeah, think the Z still... was more of when she was doing porn. <laughs> uh, I... I'm trying to figure out how I can tell you how we actually got on this topic. I'm, and it all started with a book that I'm reading. Uh, we recently did a podcast where we touched on the Deuce and Grindhouse Theaters, which opened up a window for me that I was just fascinated by New York Times Square of the uh, 70s and you know 80s. And I think that's a topic that you enjoy too, as well. Oh, and yeah. I picked up, I picked up a book called uh, *Tales of Times Square* by Josh Allen Freeman, and it's a wonderful book of just pure filth. And I already said that I'm going to send it to you. Uh, it's got all your favorites: Al Goldstein, Larry Levinson. They're all in here. And what this this guy did was he. Back in the 70s and 80s, he took his microphone and went to Times Square, interviewed pimps and hookers and and everyone that was in the industry, right down to uh, to people that ran the theaters. And he wrote, you know, there a book, a la Stubbs Turkle's Hard Times, where he just wrote down their stories. And... What he recently discovered was that he had recorded every one of these interviews that he did. So he has a podcast. I'm going to plug another podcast if you're interested in this. It's also called Tales of Times Square. And 
it's they're really short. Some of them are about 20 minutes long. And most of the people in the podcast that, that he's interviewing are gone. They've probably been dead for 30 years, but some of them are still alive. And upon reading this book, I read about Long Jean Silver. And it just said, I have to learn a little more about her. And I did. And I and I contacted you. And what, what was your knowledge of Long Jean and uh, Bridget, the midget? Well, L- L- Long Jean Silver, when you brought her up, I th- my first thought was, I know who Long John Silver is. And that's <laughs> different person altogether. But then I rem- then I was just like, I have a faint. So I went to the Googles, and then I went, Oh yeah, I remember this. And I remember, and I had this faint memory. I'm like, I think I remember her from Hustler. They had a like a infamous photo well, layer, was, and I think it was. It turned out it wasn't Hustler. But it was something Sherry, like Sherry, Sherry magazine. magazine. And uh, but I remember when that. I don't. I. I vaguely remember seeing it but I may or may not have seen it but it was like it was in the news it was scandalous you know there was there was a there was a time in the late 70s where like porn magazines were routinely making the news for doing something you know outrageous and it would be a news story and and that was what and that was one of them Uh, Bridget the midget I mean I think is even more well known than Long Jean Silver because Bridget the Midget, well, she's more in the modern age where her work can be more prolific and more out there. But she also like used to be on Howard Stern a lot, yeah, and a that's lot. a that I think that's what you know be, being on Howard Stern regularly sort of built a fan base for her and helped you know. I probably helped your porn career and probably helped like doing the like being um, in you know low budget movies and stuff that weren't porn. Oh, where she low would just budget is absolutely low, low low budget movies. Low but, low budget. Uh, but, well, let, let's uh, for those of you that don't know Long Jean Silver, she, of course she's Jean Silver and she was born in Tempe, Arizona, and she was born with a missing fibula in in one leg and what that required people required that they do was the bottom half of her leg had to be amputated away and what it left her with was an appendage that looks sort of like a penis maybe Uh, like a ridiculously it looks like a tiny leg (laughs) (laughs) or extremely huge penis and 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 uh, she ran away from home at 16 in 1976 and ended up in New York City, where she uh, she found her niche, and she ended up uh, making movies. Uh, the most famous uh, her opus, I guess, was probably uh, Long Jean Silver, self-titled movie. That it it's just a uh, a series of small stories that she talks about herself and what she did and what she's going to do and i'll tell you it was a little bit difficult to watch at first uh there's a particular scene in there with a um with a red-headed ginger gentleman <laughs> to see old long jean lube up her her appendage and 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 go to work with it right up the it's old some, right up the old ginger yep. bung hole let's uh, yeah that, that's pretty words. much what it was uh and she you know she found work and after she posed, <laughs> she posed in, in sherry magazine 
we have an interview with her uh, that I read here in my book, Tales of Times Square. And and she seemed really sad at the time uh, when Josh uh, Friedman was interviewing her. Uh, he described her as just stunningly gorgeous. But I, I when I when I saw the movie, I didn't. I mean, she, she was attractive. She looked very young. And later on, I found out that most of the time, she, we, I listened to an interview uh, from the Rialto Report last night, and she doesn't remember much of anything during these days. She was pretty much stoned or drunk most of the time, uh, and she had a, a a hard a hard life. But she enjoyed every time her time in porn. She enjoyed it. She loved hobnobbing with the famous bands that she got to hang out with. And she made movies, one of which I was telling you about that we are not going to get into, which is uh, Water Power. Um, which Dario was only able to find the trailer for. Yeah, so. <laughs> trailer on YouTube. And the trailer was enough. Uh, enema porn is enough. Very, very little enema porn. Uh, not what we're looking for. But she, she had, yeah, she had a, you know, she had, she had a run. She found her niche, and uh, and she worked that angle to, uh, and she was right there during that time, and riding that wave yeah. for a while. But that 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 wave was good for porn. Wasn't necessarily good for porn actor actresses for porn women especially, you know. Or, or actors and actresses, you know, they were they were you know usually partying and stuff like that. But um, by the time, like, say the the era that Bridget the Midget came about, you know, yes. there were women who were porn producers. You know, a woman had a little more agency in porn. I don't know how much agency Bridget had. She probably had a little bit more by gaining celebrity from Howard Stern. So. You know, it might not have, she might have not been, it might not have been as crazy an experience, but a, a lot of time, you know. <laughs> I, I know, I mean, if, if you had to. Well, what, I, what I'm saying is she's, she explored more venues than, than um, Long Jean did. You know, she formed a band. Um, yeah, she. She, she formed a band. She, she was, she was hooking too. She was doing the the bunny ranch. She would go to the bunny ranch and you could yeah, have she, sex with her. You can find her documentary on HBO. She um she plays herself on one of those HBO documentaries about uh, the management and the people that worked at the bunny ranch. And you she she had her stick too. I mean, she had always wore these little leggings, little uh little um. I don't know what you would call them. I guess it was a sock. She didn't have very much. Leg. She's very small. And it, it, the last time I saw socks like that, they were sticking out of the bottom of a house that had fallen on them in the wizard. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she never took those off. And and she, uh, when you when you listen to her on Howard Stern, and I listened to a few interviews and watched a few interviews, she's very happy. And she says, you know, I, I, I ran with, with what I got in life. And this is, this is, you know, I made the best out of it and I'm, and I'm happy and you know, this is what I do. But I also found an interview for her that was taken, uh, when she was drunk as a hundred men on a boat and, you know, in Vingo Veritas with liquor, there's truth. And she let it out and I think that, that she had a lot of anger. 
a lot of anger issues um, that came out when she was drunk and she gave this interview. I would believe that. <laughs> I mean, she was definitely upset. And, and I think if I had to pick which one of the two would you say, I mean, I don't want to say, was there one that made you more uncomfortable watching than the other? Long Jean. Long Jean was, see, I... But well, A, okay, this, this is, this is, well, you know, I mean, it's not a pure experience because... I, you know, I, I, I mean, I've worked in a kitchen, so a lot of times you work in the morning in the kitchen, somebody's listening to Howard Stern. I've listened to hundreds of hours of Howard Stern and, and, and Bridget the Midget on there like dozens of times. So I have a feel for her personality. Long Jean, uh, the most you get is like, if you want to get the most you're going to get to figure out besides, you know, interviews and stuff it, from like movies and what she made is that movie long jean silver which is like a collection of loops you know yeah exactly and and when i watch those it's uh, it's okay it's okay this person is there because of the stump and the stump it's not just like oh the camera takes extra t-, although the camera does like um you know linger on the stump like it it would linger on the breasts or or you know any other of the sexual organs but something's happening with that stump she's sticking it in somewhere you know somewhere the stump (laughs) is being used as a sexual tool which i mean if you are if you're someone with a um with an amputated stump it's not like a penis or a vagina it's not loaded with feel good nerve endings you know you're not like "Mm." well maybe you are like "Mm, i want to stick my stump in someone you know because people are like all different things but i think generally the the putting the stump into something somebody is more about the somebody getting the stump put into them in their own personal like "Mm, i'm getting a stump put into me so they felt more ex- exploitative than Bridget the Midget, and I had, and there is a lot of pornography, modern day pornography with amputees, both male and female. And since we've been in war, at war so long, we have a lot of amputees, yeah. and they're gonna have sex. I and, can't fault anybody for making a living. I mean, but well, amputee sex. The videos I, the modern amputee sex videos I saw, are just either some sometimes it was too, like one was a woman who was an amputee with a guy in a wheelchair and you know they did whatever they had to do to have sex but it wasn't like there was no focus on they, they weren't like mm, let me kiss your stump or anything like that you know it was just two people having sex and I think there's a modern in the in the modern day it's more like, okay, fetishists could watch that, and they may be the people who watch it the most. But at the same time, it's still sort of... And I looked at... I found a lot of activists, but I could never find any actual porn by them or people who claim to be porn stars. But I, I have a feeling that they were more like activists who, you know, they might have made a movie or yeah. two, but they were they were working the angle of, like, look, the one was this guy named... Um, lyric seal and most of them like identified as some sort of trans that they thing or something but once again i couldn't find footage of them 
or most I very rarely could even find pictures of him outside of like the articles where I would read about him but this guy's in a wheelchair and uh, he's in Toronto and he would um, organize orgies for for um, you know disabled people of various from anything from just fibromyalgia to you know their quadriplegics and stuff like that but I'm not counting them in the show as much because I just couldn't find any output by them. Well, let's talk about the activist angle here. Is and and more so in the case of of you know Bridget the Midget. It, it's not as shocking to, in today. I mean, back in the '70s when um, Long Jean Silver was doing it, it, it was probably more a shock factor. It wouldn't be so much today with all of the internet porn going around. But is someone like Bridget the Midget an activist for no. people, or is she someone that? Because she says that that she was that she considers herself to be an activist, and and I really don't know. What's what's your take? On I don't that? know. Well, maybe yeah. I guess you could say she's an activist by by you know she's she's taking control of her of her career and sort of. Work things a spokesman on... for little people? What's that? Could she be considered a spokesman for little people? Yeah, in some way. I don't think it's ultimately the greatest, the, the perfect yeah. spokesperson for little people. But then again, who's the perfect spokesperson for anybody anyway? Yeah. And, and I mean, I think like in her realm and time period where she acted, she definitely, you know help but that wasn't her thing her thing wasn't like i'm a, a little person's rights activist yeah and i'm doing it but she was but as a little person and and, and as a woman in the porn industry she seemed to stand up for herself you know and not let herself be used or or minimize the amount i you know i mean you're sort of used in any industry anyway, but you know, she, well, yeah, a good point. Bridget, the midget gave up porn because she got chlamydia and she didn't want to have sex anymore with someone that wasn't wearing a condom. And most of the porn actors, they didn't want to wear a condom. So she, so she took off and started to make her own well, video. Channel. I mean, her story on that was like she kept having sex with it. She was like part of her contract was like if you're getting Bridget the Midget, she's having condom sex. They would put on the condom and halfway through having sex, the guy would be like, yoink and yep. take it off. Take it. And yeah, that's uh, that's a big no, no. I would I would leave the industry, too, if that was yeah. what was going and on. That's a lack started, of total respect. She started her own video, but her own video channel. Right. Uh, at the time and, and I guess it did pretty good uh, you can you can see uh, one of the movies that I saw Bridget Mania 2 I didn't see Bridget Mania 1 but she actually uh, picture if you will a traveling fuller brush salesman coming into a hotel room tired throws his suitcase up on the bed unzips his suitcase a rollerboard suitcase and out comes Bridget the midget and then they do their thing and and when he's done, he picks Bridget up, puts her back in the suitcase, zips it up, and that's the end of of the video. And I don't know if she if if doing something like that is is if another little person is going to look like that and say, just why can't you just have regular porn? Why do you have to throw yourself in a suitcase? Well, and, what I've seen, I mean, and this goes beyond porn. 
when you're talking yeah. about like little people and the thing about little being a little person it's like also being a giant person there's a lot of health problems that go along with it you have a decreased lifespan in general you know statistically um, you have just being radically di you know radically different in society and people looking at you funny or having pre dis or calling you mini me or you know whatever there's all yeah, the all the stuff anywhere. that goes along with it that uh, and and so a lot of times little people like end up in in careers in like entertainment whether it's adult entertainment or whether it's in Star Wars movies or the Wizard of Oz or whatever so there's always like interviews with with you know like Billy Barty and stuff where you know there there's always saying like you know don't you feel demeaning that you're always playing munchkins and aliens and you know putting the monkey suits and stuff like that and almost invariably they say yeah you know I used to have an attitude about it but then after a while you start to think I'm three feet tall <laughs> you know yeah. and and they st and they roll with it you know and they and they and and you know like all humans they probably find the people to be around the, hopefully they find the people who be around who'd like them as people and but at, at the same time they're they're not about it's it's like a guy who's like a a, a, a large person you know, playing a role in a movie where they play the the, the fat guy who eats a lot or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, there's that that, and it's not the ideal thing. But you're, you're you're three feet tall, and Bridget the midget. I mean, that if that if the putting her in a suitcase, and and that might have been something that was her idea. That might have just been they were talking about something, and they were like, haha, this is funny. I fit in the suitcase. Um. How demeaning it is, I think it all depends on her and how it all went down, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was her video channel, so I'm pretty sure that it was probably her idea. I think it was definitely, you know, of course, in life, it's definitely easier to be a long Jean Silver than a Bridget the Midget. Uh, I, I watched a lot of interviews with her, and I think that there was a there was a sadness behind Bridget. Uh, and it came out in a few interviews. One of them seems to be with, a lot of sadness in a lot of the little famous yeah. little people. The guy, yeah. uh, Vern I mean, Troyer, who played Mini Me when he was on that reality show, he, you know, he was. Uh, there was Hank the Angry Drunken Dwarf on Howard Stern, and yeah. both he and Vern Troyer were like heavy drinkers. You know, the, those people who are really, you know, that drink themselves into that state that you could tell there's just some heavy pain going on there and i mean literally i there's lots of heavy physical pain oh yeah in being being that but you know i mean coupled on top of that childhood <laughs> no matter where yeah, they've I mean, gotten now long jean silver maybe less so because you can have a prosthetic leg and and kids can still be cruel and stuff but being a little person is you know kids that it's got to be tough i mean some of the stuff that she said was she didn't have any friends at all until she was 16 in high school, you know, in, in, in school. Mm -hmm. And she was she was a loner and, and she doesn't really date. And one of the things that she said at the end of the interview that hit me kind of kind of hard was she's she looked at the uh, at the guy filming and she goes, I just want to say one thing. And she said, when I die, everything I said and did on this tape and all my pictures will be worth something. But right now they ain't worth shit oh, <laughs> it's, what, it's what she said and it was hard 
poor. And I, and it really, it really hit me. Uh, I, I, I felt, you know, more sorry for, for Bridget. I, and maybe I shouldn't feel sorry for her because, you know, she's definitely out there and, and she's, she's doing what, what she's going to do to, to make a living. Like you said, what are you going to, what are you going to, what are your, your options? You know, I mean, you can feel sorry for her, but I just wouldn't just feel sorry for her, you know? No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, we're trying to, to look at, at, at these as, well, as, as two people. Uh, well, look at, look at Howard Stern and Howard Stern gets a lot of flack and not necessarily wrongly for being exploitative, you know? Yeah. He'll, he'll have people who have, you know, um, speaking of, of little people, they've got Beetlejuice, you know, who's got mental issues too, you know, and he'll have them on. But you notice after you start hearing them coming on again that, you know, there's it, there's sort of a John Waters effect there where Howard Stern generally has a, a he's crude, but he's got a general respect for them as human beings and... So he, he might seem harsh interviewing them, but a lot of times people that have had harsh lives appreciate somebody that's not filtering anything or, or whatever. And you, you, yeah, end up, you end up sensing a genuine warmth between the, the people that Howard Stern has on his show that he might even be mocking, and he might even start off mocking them. But after a while, you know... They they develop a, a relationship that's not just sort of a, like I'll wash your back you you know you get to be a, I get content for my show you get some free publicity although that does happen that you 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 the the Bridget the midgets and the Hank the Hank, you know they generally genuinely have concern about them and will like insert themselves into their lives a little bit and help them out yeah. you know and stuff stuff like that so. You know, I, 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 when I would hear Bridget the Midget on Howard Stern, she was probably having a great time, you know. So, I mean, life has its ups and downs. Good way to put it. Uh, and Long Jean Silver, I listened to an interview last night that was done, I believe, this year. And it took uh, – it was on the Rialto uh, Report, um, which is a pretty – Good website for all well, kinds of information. She's got to be up near seventy years old, yeah. right? Yeah, and she's not, she's not doing that well. It took him ten years to find her, and they, it, she actually it was the first interview that she had given in years, and it was pretty much she doesn't regret, you know, doing it, but she doesn't remember a lot of it, and she's got some serious, serious health. You know, she's got health issues right now. Uh, she had she she's. She needs major dental work and facial spinal surgery. Uh, she refuses to take drugs, even though she feels that she may need them, and she's on the cusp of depression. She's in she, she, her her car is no longer working, and she lives in a location without public transportation, struggling to get to work. And she helps old people getting her groceries and stuff like that. And uh, she helps out her mom, so it it kind of looks like she's having a real hard time. And they actually are asking people to donate money, and uh, they've raised like you know two thousand uh, dollars, twenty thousand dollars for other people like Sharon McKay, Kay Parker, uh, all of these ex-porn stars. And one of the things that if you donate money to her, you're gonna, and if they draw your name, you're gonna get um, a, a fake leg with her signature on it. 
that the, would you say that, that I don't want I wouldn't want it I would like <laughs> I, when you first was talking about that I'm like I'd want to send the money and be like can you take me out of that drawing I would feel kind of weird about yeah, having the I would, fake leg I, yeah I don't think I would want it I mean I'm perverse too I mean I, I yeah. mean I would be like hey look I would I would love to have <laughs> classic porn star long jean silvers prosthetic leg come on <laughs> You know, no. It's like having Charlie McCarthy or something for us, <laughs> with with a, with a lot less tricks. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but it's been in a lot more places. No, the the oh, places the places this thing's been, but <clears throat> we've, uh, we, we've at the at, at the expense of her having to auction off her leg because she's poor and sick. I, I think <laughs> yeah. she has hopefully she has more than one leg. <laughs> around uh, we've looked at a lot of porn stars would you would you say that that for the most part that as they get on in life that that maybe they, they they're not doing as as well the earlier ones or would you oh, say yeah it's... they're like the old rock stars except the old rock stars can sort of still be rock stars yeah but, but you know but uh, i mean Good like the Ch- like the chuck berries though like chuck berry played guitar till he died till like he died but at the same time early on in his career maybe chuck berry's a bad example because he didn't get screwed over as bad he got screwed over once and then learned his lesson but a lot of people you know i mean they they had hit records they didn't make a lot they they got paid for them and then the record company made all the money and that's how it sort of is for a lot of the porn stars is they got paid to make their movie that was 40 years ago and they were partying when they got paid and they weren't getting yeah. paid an awful lot and you know at a certain point it probably did get to a point where they could get where like the Linda Lovelaces and stuff could get a cut maybe you know maybe not even Linda Lovelace but the big porn stars huge porn stars of their time could get maybe points on the movie so as it kept getting sold but at the same time a lot of those movies didn't get really, they didn't really take care of the copyright on them or anything like that. So, you know, there's, there's only, so. I mean, some, some of them came back as MILFs, you know, or as yeah. older porn stars or older, you know, Ron Jeremy still makes a porn every once in a while. But Ron Jeremy's one of the bigs and he can do commercials and sure. reality shows and stuff like that but long jean silver her career has been over in porn is you know there's no money coming from porn for her i imagine but if your health is bad you can't do like say kay parker does and do like um nerd nerd movie people do and do a circuit of like conventions because there's yeah classic porn conventions and they get all the old stars and they'll go and do a panel and and stuff like that and get paid to do that but for Long Jean Silver, that's probably not an option, you know. And no, uh, yeah, it's gotta it be probably tough. doesn't pay an awful lot either, you know. And no. and yeah, and having it's it's not a it's not a career that you you retire out of in in to your mansion and you know Long Jean Silver just basically after after she stopped being in porn movies had to go back to being you know a regular poor person that. <laughs> Spent the yep. time where most people would be harsh, would be true. building their career, their, going to college and then building a career in, in, in a job or something. She did it. 
in a career where time ran out on her and yeah i mean it's got to be tough gig to know that you know the clock is ticking you you've got there's someone younger or is going to come and and you're going to fade i had and i told you this happened last year well not like it's with maybe maybe last year uh i had tempest storm on on my flight right when i was reading uh i was reading a book that had a chapter about her and and i looked at the paperwork and i saw tempest storm and i said come on really she was going to uh to uh, las vegas and I, I walked out and there she was her hair dyed bright red in a wheelchair pushing her on and and she was still out there making uh appearances and they had just made a documentary about her and she was big overseas uh but but she must have been gosh probably close to 80 something years old maybe even older close to 90 i don't know but that's an example of of someone that maybe she's just they try to hold on to that star for as long as they can well and, l- let me let me i i i i'd say this if i was tempest storm all right and you know you 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 made your career being burlesque and naked and sex you know using your sexuality if it gets to a point where people are still coming to see you they're not coming to see you do sexy stuff at 90 years old but they're coming to see you that starts meaning more than like hey you're hot i like to see you naked it's coming and say if you go to see her when she's 90 years old you're appreciating something d- deeper than just like you were hot, you know. It's it's there's there's more going. There's more. It it it, it feels more. I don't want to say artistic because that sounds stupid. Because it's, but it, it 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 and and not to say that what they did even just on its own isn't its own legitimate thing, but it may, might feel more like have more substance to it you know when you're when yeah, you're 90 exactly. years old and there's still like 30 year old guys coming going like you know i, I appreciate your body of work it's yeah. it's less of a euphemism than i appreciate your body of work <laughs> they actually do appreciate your body of work you know you can't block a you can't put a uh, tempest storm in the same category as a bridge the midget or a long jean silver i i, I guess for a uh, for their their body of work like you no, said yeah you know you're talking more like you know um gypsy rose lee or something yeah, like yeah, that point i think the fact that it took these people 10 years or so to three years to track gene silver down is it lets you know that that she's in a different category and i'm not sure uh, what Bridget the Midget is 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 doing these days? If she's still on Howard Stern, I don't know how old the interview is. I know she has a Facebook page, but she doesn't. There's there's not much on there. She doesn't put much on there at all. I don't know if uh, what she's going through right now or what her future holds for her as as she gets older. Uh, you know, what what do you do? Well, I mean, when you're a, when you're when you're just a Howard Stern celebrity, you can have a career doing yeah. little tours, you know. So, you know, I'm I'm sure she could do. I don't know what she does, but she could do conventions and anything, you know. And I'm sure there's there's no limit to people who are doing cheap ass, low budget movies that what will you know, cast her as Amazon midget girl, you know, in the well, movie. She comes- 
she has been in a lot of uh, a lot of movies. Um, I'm guessing she has management too. You know, by this point, I would hope so. I would hope so. I mean, she's been in a, a lot of uh, low budget type of stuff. I hope they serve beer in, beer in hell, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, independent films like uh, Almost Amateur, Tiptoes. I've never seen any of these. I don't remember her from Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, and I love that movie. I have to watch that again. Says he was also in um, appeared in several uh, mainstream film Eight Millimeter. Yeah, well, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind was George Clooney directed that. Yeah, I'd have to look into that and see what what maybe we just have you ever seen that movie? No, I never. Oh, it's wonderful. It's it's the biography of it's the half fake it's it's an adaptation of the autobiography of chuck barris okay so it's it's half the making of the the the, the newlywed game the gong show the gong show and he wasn't he a, a secret spy or well something? that's he the was... thing the other half is his his story that, that may or may not be bullshit of how he was simultaneously a, a hired assassin for yeah the, yeah now for the cia well, it's a great movie <laughs> it's a great movie um What's his name? Sam, um... Oh, for, he was in, um... He's been in a bunch of movies. He was in... He he was in, um... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The guy, the guy who plays Chuck Barris is phenomenal in it. He is Chuck Barris. It's... And I know... I know of no bigger Gong Show fan than you. I love the Gong Show. Gene Gene oh, the Dancing Machine is in it, too, uh, so... We'll have to check that out. But, uh... I'm gonna have to look for Bridget in some of these movies and uh, look look twice and look real quick because she really is small. Well, I'm saying I think I bet you in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind it was one of those blink and and you know. It should, yeah, it could have should, been one of the Gong Show. Right, it was or, probably the Gong right. Show, and she was you know an act walking by or something you know because there would probably be a lot of midgets. There were a lot of midgets on the Gong Show. <laughs> have you have you heard her sing? I believe I have. I don't think it's too good. <laughs> no, usually, no. usually it it isn't. <laughs> no, it, I, I I tried to watch a little bit of her. I guess she is a Renaissance uh, woman. For she sings. She she was a goth girl. She got discovered in a goth nightclub, and uh, she's a singer. She has her own. Uh, like I, we were talking about her video channel. And her movies, and and I hope she's doing good out there wherever she's doing. And the Howard Stern thing, which propelled her, probably made her more famous than anything else. Yes, for for sure it was. Well, that's definitely the, that's definitely how I heard about her. Yeah, and I and I can't help but but feel a little a little sorry for old Long Jean. To hopefully, uh, she uh, she makes it out of whatever troubles that she's in right now. All but, these, all these places that do the porn conventions, and I, I shouldn't say this because maybe somebody has. They should have some sort of old, old porn stars home that they set up. <laughs> Didn't we touch on that once before? <laughs> An old, a home for old porn stars. It would be so it would be so awesome. <laughs> the hottest think, rest home ever. She might not want to, to if she's in if she's in hiding. She might not want to visit that part of her of her career. Because I'm sure by the time you get in the rest home for the old porn stars, <laughs> it's it's just not going to be. It's going to be yeah. just like any other rest home, probably. Yeah, sit around next to Tempest Storm eating soup. Right, exactly. Pretty much, that's that's it. But maybe 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 we should start a home for old porn stars. 
I mean, we can we can that's do the win. thing. You don't have to go to the home for old porn stars, but it would no. be nice to have it for them. I think that if if uh, if Long Jean wanted to, she could probably make some money on the circuit, like you said. But maybe she just wants to uh, put that part of her life uh, behind her. She was really young. I mean, she was 16 years old in a lot of those <sighs> that she did, and she lied about her age. And, and if you get a chance to listen to that interview, it it was a rough. When she wasn't partying, that's all she did. She didn't have a home. She she slept on everyone's couch, uh, from here and there. And yeah, she was she she uh, when she wasn't drunk or high, it was tough. Well, that was I mean, that was the tail end of the free love era. You know what I mean? So, you know, you you roll into the West Coast, and that was pretty much. A standard, li- you know, a standard life there for young young women getting the hell away from their hometown. And she did. Arizona, she got the hell out of there as quick as she could. And uh, and actually, I guess her mom later on came to terms with what she did. And, and she actually took uh, her mom over to uh, Plato's uh, retreat or oh, one dear. of these. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ron Jeremy was hitting on her mom. And she finally had to say, tell Ron, hey, Ron, come on, just uh, cut it out here. It's my mom <laughs> you're hitting on. I don't care. She's gorgeous. Well, I was just going to say, Ron, Jer- Ron Jeremy's also, Ron Jeremy's like also like a very intelligent, kind of suave guy, you know? He's, he, he was, I was, he was like a math teacher or something, you know? So he could, he, he could, he, he, he's he got probably chops. was be he probably was being really, you know, he was probably like, okay, hi, mom. You know, and he probably wasn't like, hey, like you would picture him in the movies. He was, he probably had a pretty, she, she, she probably, um, should have encouraged that. <laughs> it might've been good for her, mom. It might've might... been good for her too. I mean, hey, could you imagine those two together in a movie? Good Lord. They could compare <laughs> lengths and girths. Oh dear God. Yeah. I know. I know. It, it, but it, it's a, it's an interesting topic that uh that i thought we needed to, to to touch on and uh there you have it i mean if, if, if any any closing thoughts that you think you might want to you might want to add yeah and doing research for this i watched a lot and it went from from the banal the actually probably the the most like unpleasant watching was the long jean silver movie yeah and a lot of the the modern like people in wheelchairs amputees stuff was not offensive you know it was it was two people having sex and it wasn't like exploitative but i also in in looking for i found somewhere that there was definitely somewhere the people weren't disabled but they were in wheelchairs you know it was like i've seen that lady before she's just a regular porn star but now she's in a wheelchair you know and let's say i didn't see any with mentally disabled with actual mentally disabled people but yeah. i saw some that were supposed to be and i found those to be really skeezy <laughs> super skeezy but that there's a there's definitely a spectrum out there i do know that people with down syndrome and i've known people who've worked with the mentally handicapped and the physically handicapped and have had to actually like help them have sex but like people with down syndrome are are pretty horny they're very horny they're super sexually active and when they become adults hey they're allowed to have sex if they want to 
and yeah. uh, I'm I'm surprised there is. A, I don't know how consent laws go with the mentally disabled, but I I often and this is an odd note to end by an odd speculative note to end on for me, but I was wondering to myself. I'm like, I don't think there should be porn out there for the general populace of mentally disabled people. It just seems kind of morally questionable. Yeah. But I think there, wouldn't it be interesting if there was like a little industry or maybe, you know, an underground. I'm sure that there of, probably is. Of, I mean, of porn for about and for specifically um, people who are mentally disabled so they can watch somebody like them how, in a movie, you know? I think that for me, what I came away from, what from you know the, the, this topic is that, that people are people and big, small, disabled, they're gonna have sex. Now, we, we might not think about it, but there's no difference. They have the same likes the same wants the same needs that anyone does and and it's 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 going to happen and these two people they were in the right time sphere of you know of their existence that 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 they capitalized on of it one of them did and is done and and the other one is perhaps out there you know still still working that angle and people are going to have sex it doesn't matter it's you know if it's there if 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 you want to look at Bridget the Midget, if you want to, she's you can find her, and it, it, there's there's something out there for everybody, you know, and uh, and if anything, that's that's what I, I I got out of the topic, and you know, a little bit of sadness for for Bridget and uh, for Long Jean. Like like end. all por- like all porn, you know, that, that that's the thing. There's like there's always a sort of urge, it seems like, with people in the media when they're talking about this stuff to either be like. Porn is just this what is this wonderful, awesome thing, and people put it down and stuff because they're prudes. And then there's people that you know, porn is the most horribly degrading, awful shit in the world. And the the reality is, there's there's some of both in there. You know, it's it's all over the place, like like the movie business, to where there's stuff where you know when you when you see the career when you see the career of long gene silver and bridget the midget laid out in front of you there's parts that you go like ah good for them oh that's awesome and then there's parts where you go like oh geez (laughs) yeah (laughs) and but you know i mean there's probably if you could see the entirety of say tom cruise's career there'd probably be points where you go like oh geez tom Mm, sorry about that that's point so but yeah <laughs> it's this type of hard hitting reporting that we go out and do here for you folks that's so. what that's what we do here on on beat it yeah so just uh just be glad that we have to do the research and that you don't we're throwing it out there for you to learn a little bit more about the topic and do with it what you will and we have no idea what our next topic is nope but nope. I could tell you it'll probably be a little little class, at least a little classier than, than this week. Oh, it's nothing not classy about a midget in leggings. <laughs> <laughs> She got one, and I got two. I 
If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and a number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.